Welcome to episode four of the Party Wagon Podcast, where we talk about all things TMNT, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Eric, from the YouTube channel No, You Grow Up. And I'm the other host, Brendan, from the YouTube channel Brendan's Rambles. And uh, before we jump into any Turtles news, which uh, we have we have some Turtles news, some comic news, some toy news. Just wanted to say this episode is going up on Valentine's Day, actually, the audio version. So I wanted to ask you, do you and Lacey have anything planned for Valentine's Day? No, we'll probably do something low-key the next weekend, but I've never been one to want to fight the crowd on the actual Valentine's Day, and luckily she doesn't really care either, so that works out well for both of us. That's good. You're not, you're not going to see Ant-Man or... <laughs> no, nothing like that. And same way with movies. I don't like going to see them right away. I'll usually wait till towards the tail end when it's like us and three other people in there. That's usually the way I like to see my movies too. Yeah, me too, unless it's like a big event that's going to be spoiled then it's like like uh you know something like what was it the the force awakens came out or whatever and like we were all hyped like oh star wars is going to be awesome again and that didn't happen but uh i saw that right away i guess yeah. valentine's day is, is an easy holiday for you guys <laughs> how about you meet anybody nope nope <laughs> <laughs> valentine's day is any other day for me for me right. uh it's it's a tuesday so. and the day after is cheap chocolate day <laughs> yeah right yeah you go to Rite Aid or, or Walgreens and all the chocolates just like 20 cents for a bag it's the same exact chocolate that's like five dollars in the normal candy aisle but it's red so right. it's, well yeah I guess we'll get right into the the turtle news I guess before we talk about toys I have a couple rants I gotta get out of my system when it comes to the toys but first we're just gonna talk about the Roninverse the last Ronin universe which is continuing now we have met well, the next generation of Ninja Turtles, basically. Yeah, what do you I feel like it was definitely what I would consider. I mean, they definitely had full appearances, but we really didn't get a whole lot of it at first. They're just kind of like the babies right now. So, <laughs> and they just seemed to all kind of, I don't know. It, like I said, it's going to be a little bit before I feel like we get any real character development. I feel like they're going to make it kind of a slow burn. So I've seen their design. Their names are what? Uh, Yi? uh odin yep was uno uh, yeah was it mo moha or moya or moya or what i don't know how you're supposed to say it moja i don't <laughs> yeah the, the names usually take me a while to pick up on anyway so it'll it'll take me yeah. a while from hit. odin is the one i can remember because i mean that's just a pretty easy name to remember yeah so. and there's uno uno is the other boy Uno, yeah so odin and uno are the boys and ye and moha or Moya, I don't know how the hell you're supposed to say her name. The one that looks like a Reese's peanut butter cup. She's like <laughs> brown and orange. Uh, there's those are the the turtles. It seems like as of right now, I can't really tell. It seems like Uno is kind of the jerk. Uh, Odin is the one who eats because that's a personality in the world of cartoons. The other two exist. <laughs> I don't know anything about them yet. Yeah, there's one thing I have to say I found weird. So have you seen like the the actual comic page with them when they're like little kids and they're all like goofing off and then yeah so i've read i actually just recently this weekend read the first issue of the oh okay year, so, so you're yeah. much more familiar with them than i am so yeah you remember their names better than i did already so <laughs> uh why do they talk like cavemen is that just because like they're babies i think like... it's because they're babies i'm assuming that's why but also because i mean i'm assuming they're having a fast evolution kind of situation too you know what i mean like i, I know like i imagine by the end of this arc they're gonna be fully grown you know what i mean so i don't know if there's gonna be like time skips that happen but i'd assume it's kind of like a fast grow up so they're probably learning very careful or very quickly but i mean i don't know it does seem more like exactly like they're trying to overplay the baby thing a bit to where i mean i almost feel like normal human babies can almost talk better than that to begin with <laughs> yeah because yeah, they're just talking they're talking like 
you Tars, I'm me Tarzan, you Jane. Like they're talking like yeah, exactly. Like, they they we've seen them like grown up or teenagers, I guess. We've seen them as teenagers, and uh, you know, Odin's like huge. They're all different turtles. There's like he's a snapper, and then I think I think Uno's like an albino turtle or something. He's like he's like whitish kind of. Yep, I noticed and, that. Uh, I don't, I think I don't I don't know what the, the the brown and orange one I don't know what she's supposed to be if she's like a box turtle or something but um well I'm because is she a painted turtle painted turtles are like orange and black in the okay. water like in real life so I don't know that might be like their version of a painted turtle because you know none of them look like real turtles so <laughs> the, okay. the ninja turtles have never looked like real turtles I guess the, the the big question is like do you think these characters are going to have uh, staying power outside of this universe. Are they, are they going to start getting their own toys and their own comics and maybe even their own spinoff franchises, like a different, how we have like a million different versions of the four turtles. Are these four turtles going to get more versions or do you think they're just a one and done deal kind of thing? So I feel like the way they're setting up the Ronin verse right now, I feel like they're going to let it kind of branch out both ways. And I feel like as long as the books are moving, they're probably going to keep putting out mini series. You know what I mean? I don't know how much you look at like normal Facebook stuff and like that stuff, but there's been articles going around. They're like, four new female turtles replace the turtles and stuff like that and like <laughs> which isn't true only two of them are female yeah exactly i i wasn't even sure about the sexes at first either i knew at least one was a female but i wasn't sure about the others um it's hard to tell even uno the the tall boy when i thought it was a female turtle at first actually when i saw it i couldn't tell yeah looking at their more grown-up pictures the one kind of looks like mona lisa a little bit to me you know what i mean she does kind of have a little bit more of a feminine build it looks like oh you're that's a ye i think you're talking about okay right? Gotcha. I yeah. I, so. Again, I don't. I couldn't. I don't know their names. I don't have them all lined up right now. As an Odin, so I can't say ye without thinking of that meme. Have you ever seen the meme of like the bootleg Land Before Time ripoff movie? Oh no! And the dinosaur goes like ye, and that was like the whole meme. Like uh-huh. that's all I can think of every time I hear it. But <laughs> yeah, but getting back to your question, I think as long as this, again, as long as the books are selling, I think they'll keep that mini series going. But I feel like that's where they'll stay. Like, yeah. I feel like when like Jenica came out, they really wanted to push her hard as the fifth turtle. So they did give her her own spinoff book. But the Ronin is already a spinoff of the regular ongoing series. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to ever bring them back to the normal series because it's so far into the future. You know what I mean? So I feel like they yeah. are just going to kind of stick to that Ronin verse. And if that end of the story keeps going well, I'm sure they'll keep going with it. Yeah, I think people are like, there are some people, some diehard Turtle fans who have this misconception, I think, where they think like, this is the new generation of Turtles and like, they're going to make a cartoon show of them and movies of them. It's like, I don't, nothing that is invented within the the comics really ever gets that big. So it's like like these days, I mean, the original Turtles spawned all this, like, like exactly. Jenica has never like, you know, appeared in like a Nickelodeon cartoon show or like, I mean, she's been around for going on like three years ish at this point maybe yeah. not longer i mean she came out in the late 90s of that run so i mean she's been around for a while and they also they added they put a mona lisa in there too i think she was like a robot again i haven't read that part of the story yet no mona um, lisa i think you're calling i think you've been calling venus de milo mona yes, lisa. Yep, venus de milo that's what I'm thinking <laughs> of, yeah yeah i think you're talking about the turtles like looks like mona lisa I'm like mona lisa had hair i don't i don't remember any of them looking yep, like yep, mona yep. Lisa. i was getting those confused then yeah yeah see this this is where just not to get too deep into idw this is where my problems the idw kind of come from come with and i had a problem some problems with this in the 2012 cartoon too i love the 2012 cartoon it's a great show but a lot of times these these modern versions of turtles they try to like oh we're bringing this character back 
but it's like it's not that character at all it's like so venus de milo is like a frog she was like a punk punk frog who was like taken apart and frankenstein monstered into like a turtle frankenstein creature powered by like a red gemstone that comes from a cosmic dragon or some crazy crap and it's like what the like what the hell is this <laughs> venus de milo was just like a female turtle <laughs> like what right? is so it's it's like yeah we brought venus to milo back it's like no you didn't you created a new character and slapped her name on it so it's like i feel like it's kind of a cheat way of saying like look your childhood's coming back like they do that a lot and then what they actually give us is like not really at all what the character was it's just a name so uh i I think that's what they did so i kind of like that about the 2012 series though is i like that a lot of the characters kind of got their own spins and some of them i mean like so, have you seen a lot of the 2012 series? I've seen a good deal of it, yeah. Okay, I so have you ever seen of... any episodes that the Rat King's in? Yes, I have seen those. Dude, Rat he's King terrifying in that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I kind of like his character. I'm not going to say more because he is one of my favorite characters from the OG cartoon. But, yeah. I mean, he's just, like, I like that spin that they put on him. Because in the comics, he's kind of darker like that, too. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure in the one his first appearance, I'm pretty sure he makes Splinter eat rats or something like that to survive. Yeah, he's also he's also like he's actually dead the first time we see him. It's like the ghost of the Rat King yeah. is like appearing to Splinter. So it's like he it's funny that his first appearance is like when after he's already dead. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think he always was a much more dark character. It's just like, I mean, even in like the the first in the, the toy line when he appeared, he was one of the grossest looking toys at yeah. that time. In the cartoon, everyone was like, you know made to be like much lighter in tone and everything but yeah, yeah the racking i think that so much wasn't that wasn't so much that they were like reinventing him for the 2012 cartoon more so they were doing him a bit more faithful to all the adaptations that had existed already and they kind of put them all together then you have stuff like razar where like he's chuck norris turned into dog pound who gets turned into a skeleton wolf called razar and it's like he was just a baby wolf like <laughs> <laughs> like why is he chuck norris now but because in, yeah, in the 2012 show is that's one where he kind of looks like wendigo too doesn't he yeah he does he looks like some creepy wendigo <laughs> yeah so again like i feel like i don't know like i said that's kind of the thing that i like about the 2012 series is it does get a little bit more like i mean i don't know what i want to call it definitely not hardcore is not the right word but it, <laughs> it is a little bit more like on that like kind of has like not quite as hardcore, but like a real Ghostbusters type vibe a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like, his this is de- kind of creepy for a kid's show. So, yeah, his design is definitely uh, real Ghostbusters. They had a few monsters and stuff that were like, well, they're going a little, little crazy with this one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do like that. Yeah. It's not so much that they made them dark. I just don't like when they change the character so much that it's not even the same character. There are some characters like Worm and the Mona Lisa that it's like, why did you even call him that? Like, there's there's no reason for this character to be this character. But if it's not even inside the spirit of that character, then that's exactly how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. has to be some kind of spiritual connection, one way or another, for it to really resonate. Or, like you said, it should just be an original character. Yeah, I feel like the first three seasons they did it pretty good. There were some crazy twists, like Irma and stuff. I was fine with that because that was just so mind blowing. But um. <laughs> In season four, that's the space season, right? When they're like traveling space, and so that's yeah, because then five's the one that's all like short story, kind yeah, of tales of the TMNT, yeah, yeah, tales of the TMNT or whatever. So uh, season four is where they, they, they I just felt like they started to do that too much, where all these characters they were bringing back, like they were just like Toka and Worm and Mona Lisa and stuff, just they're, they're totally different characters, and 
they're just slapping names on there. Neutrinos also were like a microorganism, like bioweapon. Like they weren't even characters. And it's like, like they, they just slapped the names on there. And it's just in no way the original character. Just like, look, reference. And you're happy now because you saw the reference. Also, I think that's just when the show started to lose me in general. I didn't like the writing as much anymore at that point. And stuff. That's kind of the first three seasons. Like every time I've, the two times I've tried looping through it, I'll like watch most of the first three seasons. And then, yeah, I kind of start to fall off when they get into the space and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and again, that's probably the bummer that caused that show to go downhill is they just got too far away from the status quo. And then by the last yeah. season, I mean, there was no continuity left, really. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem. The last season, the highlight was Usagi. But, yeah, uh, that was kind They kind of had Hothead. Again, there's like a demon and like Mike calls him Hothead, I think, at one point or something. Yeah. But it's not. Hothead. But anyway, we're going way off topic. here. <laughs> we'll do an episode about the 2012 cartoon at some point. But yeah, that's, that's basically all I have to say about the new Ronin vs. Turtles. Uh, I don't know much about them. I was just confused why they were talking like Captain Caveman. But uh. yeah, and, and like the last thing I want to kind of touch on that is the point you made about like how everybody thinks like this is going to be their new push. I mean, like you said, they're not going to get action figures. We haven't even really gotten any IDW action figures to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, Except for the Ronin. But. Yeah, exactly. But again, I mean, that was just such a gangbuster series. There's no way they weren't going to capitalize on that. But I mean, yeah. we haven't even gotten regular Turtles. And like I said, no, there's never been any type of Jenica character from any company. So I feel like if they were going to start anywhere, it would be with the more established character. If they yeah. have, again, I think it's going to be a long time before even NECA touches IDW. In general, they've they've had such a long run IDW, but in general, they're not like by uh, critics and stuff. They're not like the most successful or beloved version of the Turtles. I think there's people who love them. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying nobody loves them, but I think like when you look at all like different facets of, of Turtles in media, that like the comics are probably their aside from Last Ronin, and that's probably where they've been struggling the most in. Uh, in recent years because the toys have been doing gangbusters uh well actually rise didn't do very good toys have been doing gangbusters movies will always do gangbusters and stuff so video games have been doing great um i think the idw comics are kind of like probably the last license that people like NECA and super seven and stuff are even looking at to like to make turtles toys of probably so yeah and uh, i mean because i know the i know for a while the run numbers of the main series were like in the tens of thousands so that's a pretty i mean even by today's standards not a great run number and yeah. that's also probably because a lot of people like me like i get the a and the b cover because i'm really there for the eastman cover and then i'll <laughs> read the a cover you know what i mean so yeah i feel like they also just get a lot of sales through like variant covers and retailer exclusive covers and stuff like that too so the amount yeah. of people that are actually reading idw tmnt i bet it's probably less than ten thousand people <laughs> it probably is honestly and i know they go crazy with the variant covers also they they go the, the last road and they went nuts with the variant yeah. covers but they made a whole book recently an art book that's just all the variant covers in right the book. <laughs> so it's like the, the idw i hear i've heard idw for a while, for months now, has been on the verge of bankruptcy i don't know how well, true that's that been is. going on for like years people have been yeah. calling for that like they're yeah that, that's been the rumor for a while but i mean i don't know hopefully like i got a lot of high hopes kind of coming into this next arc and stuff like that like i said i'm gonna read armageddon game everybody's super stoked on that and again i, I the tmnt it's never gonna be the idw series this gangbusters comic it's always gonna be 
it's backed by Turtles fans. You know what I mean? If you're not a Turtles fan, you're probably not reading Turtles books. It's not like yeah. other than the Ronin. There was get a lot of spec in that, so I feel like that created a lot of excitement. But it really is just the hardcore TMNT fans keeping that book alive. And even then, like hardcore comic readers too. Like I read the Ronin because it was just such. A, I was hearing so much buzz about it, but mm-hmm. I, I don't follow IDW normally. I don't yeah. read. I hear like, you know, synopsis is what's, what's been happening, but I don't actually like read the books. But anyway, uh, I guess we'll get into, I have, I have some rants to do about, I'm sorry, Playmates, but I got to get back on Playmates. So the new one, what, what is it called? Like, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, like, like, the like ultimate, a, they're, they're their version of the ultimate figures or whatever. Yeah. It's like assassin force or shadow ninjas or whatever the hell they're calling it. Like the, the line that's like the same, you know, six inch figures they've been releasing for like since like 2008 or whatever and just they have the triceraton and the shredder and i saw them in stores recently along with those like you know movie turtles where they're wearing the trench coats the mike and leo who never Mm -hmm. wore the trench coat i I saw them in in hand and i have to say that that shredder looked so bad in person the way of how short his mouth like guard is he he wouldn't have like a chin or a, a bottom jaw or anything like he like you know the guy who used to be able, like the old guy used to be able to swallow his own his own face like he, <laughs> yeah. he looked like that underneath there because it's like like his head would end like right at like under under his top row of teeth it's like he has no chin it's just it's so and then his eyes they look like angry Eric Cartman eyes and like <laughs> his like, his shoulder pads are just hovering above his his shoulders and it's, it's just so cheap looking and. The Triceraton's almost a cool figure, actually, but it's like, it's just cheap. That's the only way I can describe it. So, like, the, the torso is sculpted in, like, this kind of, this gray plastic. It's not even really shiny or metallic or anything. It's just, I don't, I'm not expecting vac metal, but, like, you know, it's just dull gray. And the only way I can describe it is, like, it's dollar store gray plastic. Like, that kind of, like, it's kind of swirly. It's kind of translucent unintentionally because it's just so weak and, like, <laughs> and then they just painted, like, orange at his chest. And it doesn't match the orange of his head at all. And like, it's just too little too late from, from uh playmates and they're charging $20 a figure. And it's like, well, we could just get the loyal subjects figures for that. Like that's, if you want a, a lower end, like, you know, a, a cheaper quote unquote collector version of turtles figures right now, that's you know easier to obtain than NECA or super seven. You can just go with loyal subjects. I mean, at that price point, that's definitely the move because Hey, you're, I mean, you've already gotten a ton of volume out of that line. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you wanted to go all loyal subjects, you could have a pretty cool collection going right now from those figures. Yeah. And honestly, like they're seem to be going in a positive direction. Like I said, I'm kind of keeping an eye on them from afar and I'm definitely going to grab that image casey but i saw so those are the figures that if all the other figures are cleaned out those are the last ones on the peg or those six inch figures i pretty much i've seen those at my target i've seen those at my walmart today um which my walmart finally just stocked for the first time which part of the problem (laughs) (laughs) oh i've seen the storage shells come back i haven't seen the pizza launchers come yeah so today's the first day i saw the pizza ones um so i grabbed all three of those and i so i said this on the live show on toy domination but i saw the storage shells i was so excited to get them the case just got put out there's two of each i was looking through grabbing the best cards and i ended up with two michelangelos instead of a donatello because i'm a moron so <laughs> oh crap yeah so i'll have to even that out but yeah and again i'm i am like a sucker for the original re-release figures and stuff like that like i i, I just love the novelty of going to the store and seeing the figures that i saw as a kid like it does it just does something to me you know what i mean like i yeah. was so excited to see the storage shelf figures that like i 
I couldn't even grab the right ones. And I'm not yeah. that kind of person, but, and again, I, I have beat this horse to death as well. Like this, their six inch line is just not what they should be spending any time, energy or resources on. Like, and I get that some people like it, different strokes for different folks and stuff like that. But I just, it, it just doesn't have a place for me. And they're just not good. Like, like you said, the Triceraton is definitely objectively just the best looking figure, but still the scale is just so far off to the turtles. And that's really just what bothers me. Like that's honestly my biggest peeve about the loyal subjects line too, is I feel like shredder yeah. is too small compared to the turtles and stuff like that. And Bob small. And the... Yeah. But I mean, other than that, like I would say that I would rather have those than any of those playmate six inch figures for oh, yeah. sure. And again, I, I, I don't know why they just, because clearly the, old school og playmate stuff is moving you know what i mean that stuff is not sitting on pegs it's moving fast oh yeah so i don't know why if they're just gonna do the lazy thing that's what they should be doing is just whatever molds they have left start filling them with plastic and i mean if that's the bare minimum you want to put forth at least that gets people excited to get figures that they might want for playmates that are just insane prices on the aftermarket like i, I don't know what the pizza tossers go for with all their pizzas working. I mean, I would imagine they're probably around 40 bucks a pop at minimum, yeah. but you know, just being able to get a brand new one for $15. Like, I mean, again, I, I won't, I don't consider that an OG figure. I'll never display it with my OG figures, but if I never get those pizza tossing figures, like I'll still have something that just gives me that nostalgic vibe. I, it's been honestly, I already have, you know, all the storage shell turtles with all their pieces and stuff. I saw a storage shell Leo on the shelf and I was like, I was so tempted to buy it just because it's like oh shit it's a vintage turtles package yeah. in 2023 sitting on the shelf it looks like my childhood just hanging up in, in walmart so it was like i i had to stop myself because i had to be like dude i know it's only 10 bucks but you own it already you just you own the, the real one like you don't need this you don't, you're running out of room as it is already so uh i have to say actually i've seen the the bubble walker crane for loyal subjects already uh real quick just a side note thing i was at a toy store by me yesterday and he had it out like on the on the shelf like out of its package and it's way too big like he's humongous but it looks fantastic i think objectively it's probably the best it's better looking as a tune crane than NECA's actually it's just too big he's massive so uh, yeah. is he like as tall as the turtles are if he's standing straight up yeah basically so like like their heads are like this big Krang himself is like that big. So it's like, he's just massive. So I, I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, they have much better luck putting out the, like you said, the vintage stuff, that stuff flies. Like I, I never see it show up, but unfortunately the vintage re-releases is what leads me to my major rant that <laughs> I have so many problems with. So recently playmates claimed they were reissuing the vintage giant turtles anyone who you know grew up when we grew up in the late 80s early 90s remembers the giant turtles they were awesome they were you know these big vinyl hollow you know beefy figures you could just beat the crap out of them and they were super durable and uh they had the cloth belts and everything and they were they were just huge <laughs> i have a whole list of flaws with them and i'm gonna go in order of worst to least egregious i guess uh, the worst thing is every single one of them all four of them have raf's head they yep. don't have their unique heads anymore they just took raf's head sculpt and copied it four times and just colored them differently that's inexcusable to me because it's like that was part of the original lines that the turtles all had different faces and different expressions and stuff so 
you're just essentially buying recolors of Wrath like four times now. Uh, my second biggest problem is they're smaller than the old ones. They're not the same scale. So it's like they're noticeably smaller than the old ones. Another problem is they don't have the cloth belts anymore. The, the belts are sculpted onto them. Or like it's a separate piece, but it's like connected to them. It's plastic. I didn't even notice that. I saw them today and I didn't even like, because I, I, I kind of overlooked them right now anyway, because yeah. again, I of all the things I'm spending money on right now, that's at the backest of burners <laughs> for me. So the price isn't bad. I'll give them that. I think they're like $25. Exactly. That's why I mean, eventually down the road, if I have a couple extra bucks, I probably will grab at least the raft. The problem is, well, you're getting raft, whether you like it or not, because all four of them are technically <laughs> raft. <laughs> the, the problem is, is like, I feel like, cause you know, it's hard to get those vintage ones with their accessories or with their belts and stuff. This would have been a great way for people to get new belts or new weapons for their vintage ones, but everything is scaled down and the belts are connected. They're plastic and connected to the figures are like rigid kind of that kind of plastic. It feels like if you smashed it against the table, it would just shatter into a bunch of pieces. <laughs> like it just, it feels like it's just, it's a popsicle or something. It's just going to break apart. And uh, they, they did it even for like the, the shell, the shell isn't painted. It's like a separate yellow piece of plastic. Just, stuck onto them and they're not made out of that like durable vinyl anymore the old ones were the old ones were hollow they didn't even have seams on them they were just stuck together like hollow plat uh vinyl these new ones are just like generic like action figure plastic so it's like they're probably your kids aren't going to be able to beat them around the way they did the old ones the arms will break off and stuff probably and they'll chip and i mean the old ones got paint scuffs all over them all the time <laughs> but still it's like my big problem i guess is they're fine if you just want to get your kid like you know, something fun. If you're a casual fan who doesn't care about like turtles, you don't still have your collection. You're just like, oh, I had this as a kid. Let me get it for my kid. They'll have fun playing with a toy that gave me joy when I was little. But if you're like us, if you're weirdos like us and you still have all your childhood toys and stuff or you bought them back and stuff like that, if you're a collector, this isn't what you want because that's who you're going after. It's like, here's a way to get your childhood back. But this isn't our childhood. This isn't, these aren't the figures we grew up with. This is just lies. So it's like the storage shell turtles, those are basically the toys from our childhood. The paint's a little different and stuff, but they're essentially the same figures. These are completely different. The different size, the different head sculpts and stuff, like the, the, the plastic belts, they're just, they're not the same. And, you know, it's not the biggest crime. It's just a dumb toy for like 20 bucks. But it just seems like your intention is to bring back something classic from the eighties, but you're not doing that at all. You're, you're saying you're doing that, but you're not doing that at all. So that's my problem with it. It's just like, what, what even, are, what is the purpose of these? I guess they just think people won't notice, but. <laughs> so I take it. You probably have a life and don't spend a lot of times in Facebook groups. Do you? I have not used Facebook in like seven years. <laughs> okay. Well, good for you because then your mind's probably not poisoned like mine is, but so these things are, I mean, people are just going apeshit for these things, man. Like they are the one thing where like, I don't know, they're, people are going nuts for the giant sized turtles. And like you said, like, if, okay. If I wouldn't have found my giant sized Mikey, my original one, like I probably would feel differently about these ones because I could be like, okay, here's my chance to get what's very expensive right yeah. now for figures. And, but after getting him, like, he's just so much cooler like and i hate to be like again I'm, i don't i'm not trying to be like elitist or anything like i don't even have that cool of a fucking playmates collection or anything but like just looking when i actually saw them in the stores like 
it, it was just like, okay, I mean, these just definitely are not as good. You know what I mean? And it's not yeah. like I was bummed about it because, like I said, they would have been on the back burner for me anyway out of all the stuff that's coming out right now. Because also, I mean, NECA is about to start putting out a ton of stuff too. So, I mean, yeah. that's kind of where I'm saving my money right now. <laughs> but like you said, these turtles, they're not even the same molds to begin with. They clearly made brand new molds to do this with. Like, they're not, they're totally different size. And that's yeah. the first thing people really started pointing out in groups. They're like, whoa, these aren't the same molds. They're a different size. And the original ones, was there two different heads or did all four of them actually have different heads? All four of them actually had different heads. Okay. So they all are definitely the same exact mold for sure on this one. It was the cheapest yeah. route for them to go. And that's exactly what they did. And it's funny because a lot of people, I think they got like the Leonardo and they're like, he only comes with one sword, but the original one only came with one sword yeah. too. I'm pretty sure they were, they, already did. they all came with just one, even like the giant samurai ones, they came with like one weapon each and yep. stuff. And this one again, like, cause again, it's, it's not, this is easy stuff for me to be like, okay, if I don't like it, I just don't care. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like super seven to where it's, we get 10 <laughs> figures a year each one really matters to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so each one one's of them like is jacked up. Bucks. It's a bummer. Yeah. But with <laughs> this stuff, I mean, it is like I saw them in stores and I mean, of everything on the shelves, I'm like, I'm grabbing these pizza tossers and that's all I need right now. Like if I come back in a couple of weeks and I grab some more of the retro stuff, I'll grab them. But it really, yeah. like, like I said, I just, and I, I even posted something on my YouTube channel when they first came out because I assumed they were just going to be re-releases of the original so i was super excited about it too and then after yeah. you know people started pointing it out all the same head sculpts are a little bit smaller and stuff like that it did kind of take a little bit of wind out of my sails for my anticipation on these and then i saw raf or sorry mikey and leo in the store today and again they're cool i may get them down the road but they're just not something that i'm just clamoring for right now either especially with so much other great stuff coming out i mean there's even stuff as lazy as like the teeth they didn't put the the spaces between lines all white yeah. yeah it's just a big they just took white paint and just put it across yeah. the face and like but yeah i mean if i didn't have the originals like i have the mikey's right back there he's like right there so oh is he uh, the only one you have too he's the only one i have also yeah crazy <laughs> i got him for a great price at a mall they were doing like a, a like a show like on the in the halls of the mall and uh like a toy show and uh i got him for like it was like 25 bucks i got him for the belt, the nunchuck. He has like a little bit of a scratch on his nose, and I think he has like a scratch on his shell. But like, it, it was an insanely good. Those were like yeah. 2019. I got him. Yeah, usually uh, you can't even get a naked beat up one for that. I mean, even yeah. in that ballpark. So that was the same year I got. They got the giant bebop and rocksteady down there behind me, and I got them together. Those are the really hard ones to find. I've never yeah. seen those anywhere ever. They don't have their weapons, but I got the big ones, and they're in pretty good shape. Rocksteady has some green on his nose. You know, he was beating up some turtles. I got both of them together for, like, $111, and then the woman I bought them from threw in, free of charge, the giant uh, movie Raph and movie Leo as well. So I got four giant figures for $111. It was like the the craziest bid I ever won on eBay. <laughs> like, I don't know how I got it. Well, that was an eBay bid? That was an eBay bid and I got them because she said that like they were getting married and she was throwing out everything he ever loved, I guess. <laughs> so she's just selling like, this is all your stupid crap. Let's just sell your crap. Oh so God, not even the... getting good value for it either. Just to add insult yeah. to injury. She sold his childhood memories for $111. Oh, so I bet they're not together anymore. <laughs> I don't feel like that's how a lot of happy relationships start. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw out all your crap. 
but uh, I mean, I lo- I loved it. I benefited from it. Yeah, the the giant turtles. I guess like yeah, they, they seem worse to us because we have some. You know, we both have Mikey. We have the original ones. I have the giant samurai Leo also, who's like weirdly a lot smaller than the other giant figures. That's kind of how the new giant ones. There's the size of the giant movie three turtles, kind of. Yeah, I guess I've never seen the samurai ones in real life either before. They're rare. I found that at a comic shop. Yeah, I just it's, it's I'm not it's not worth. I guess getting that mad over the new ones because again, I'm just not going to buy them. Like I just don't really, I just don't care. Uh, but at the same time, it's just kind of uh, aggravating. Cause it's just like, just once again, like playmates, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you cutting so many corners? Why are you being so lazy? This is like your only franchise you do anything with anymore. So like, see, I feel like you just, you're almost too rational of a collector. You know what I mean? Like you make it sound so easy when so many of us just have the sickness, you know what I mean? And that's why these figures are moving because people like me just have the sickness. And even I have self-control a little bit, but, but like I said, like in Facebook groups, like these are the things that everybody is the most hyped on right now. These quarter scale figures, like they're not quarter scale figures, but these giant size turtles, like I'd say even more so than the pizza tossers or the storage shell, those seem to be the ones that people are clamoring for the most right now. And they're honestly, and and here's the other thing about this stuff. It's going to be plentiful. Like, I feel like this stuff is going to end up on clearance. Yeah. I I think it's going to be overproduced, honestly, because it's going to am other than Mikey, Mikey's an exclusive and the pizza tossers are exclusive, but they're going to target Amazon. And I'm sure that's free reign for anybody else that wants to get on them too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, every like mom and pop toy shop's going to have them and stuff like that too. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be that hard to get them. And again, like at target, you're probably going to find them on clearance for like, you know, $16 at some point or something. So Um, that's the other thing I was surprised that both target and Walmart, they put out a lot of peg space for these which was very oh, yeah. surprising my walmart has i think six different pegs and then a shelf for the storage shell turtles and then another shelf for both leo and michelangelo the giant size one so i mean for walmart that's a lot of shelf space that is, up right yeah. now. they had they must have had to have thrown out all all the whole aisle of light year figures that have just been sitting there for a year because no kid wants them yeah <laughs> Uh, it's still funny every time I go to a, a toy store, it's just like there's a whole aisle of just light year toys. So like, dude, get rid of them, like Disney, cut your losses and just throw them out. Like, <laughs> well, dude, I mean, it, so I, that's one thing I'll never understand is the clearance system for stores because I don't understand how the GI Joe classified Snake Eyes movie figures are still on the shelves from almost two years ago at this point. Like, yeah, nobody's buying those. Like, you can't even sell those for half off. Like, I, I don't understand why they're still allowed to clog up peg space. Like I just, I I, I don't understand yeah. the way Walmart and target do things sometimes with their clearance. Yeah. I don't get it either. Cause you have like on, on the topic of like, you know, Disney toys and kids toys light year. They, they will, they're so stubborn. They, they, they cleared so much space for light year yeah. in every toy store. And that movie was a massive flop. So was the movie Ryan, the last dragon, which came out like a year or two before it, but they made like two pegs for toys of that. And then they just, they disappeared like immediately. So it's like, I don't know why they responded to that flop well, but then they didn't respond. Maybe because Lightyear is a Toy Story property and Toy Story classically sells a lot of toys. Maybe. I don't know. I've never collected those kinds of toys. So I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe they just overproduced the toys because like, oh, Buzz Lightyear, he's a hot selling toy. We're going to make a ton of Buzz Lightyear and nobody wanted them. So. Yeah. And I mean, again, I haven't even seen the movie, but I know it Me definitely either. underperformed by a long shot. So I, yeah. and, and I'm sure they probably, 
anticipated because I'm assuming the allocation for shelf space they paid for way in advance. You know what I mean? So they yeah. probably are like, this movie's going to be a hit. These toys are going to keep going. And it just didn't happen. But they already had the shelf space. So it just, it kind of bums me when like how they prioritize what they're going to overstock and what they're going to understock sometimes. Because there's just certain stuff like, you know, there was the loyal subjects. Beetlejuice, the animated series uh, figures. They've still only put out Beetlejuice. I don't know when the hell the two Lydia Dietz ones are coming out. I want both of them, but she's just not showing up. And I don't know why, where where she is. But the Beetlejuice one, I never even got it in a Walmart or anything. I had to find them in like a collector store because he was just nowhere. Beetlejuice is like a really popular franchise. Go to like a Spirit Halloween store or something. And it's like, there's just walls of Beetlejuice. So it's like... It's not like that's a franchise that doesn't sell. I just don't get why they didn't order like any of those for the stores, but then they ordered half a million light year toys. So like, it's just weird. I don't know how they prioritize like what they order and what they don't order. So with the collectible stuff, it's really weird because my Walmart, I've never seen a loyal subjects turtle there and I, they have tons of loyal subject stuff there. So I don't know what's going on in that store. Like it makes no sense to me that I have, Again, it, I've never seen a single one, and I go there four times a week. So I yeah. would have definitely seen them if they were there. And the only place I ever saw that Beetlejuice was Books a Million. He, that's the only place I've right. ever seen him before. And that's honestly where I've seen all the Loyal Subjects turtles that I've ever seen is there pretty much. Other than Target when I got the raft in the 3D glasses and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I don't even know what the hell Books a Million is. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, Barnes & Noble. It might be regional. I didn't know that. I thought it was uh, a nationwide chain, but it's basically a Barnes & Noble. No, we only have Barnes & Noble monopolized that shit by us. Uh, okay. We don't have anything but Barnes & Noble. I, I, I see the disguised turtles, the rapper turtles. I see those in Target by me all the time, but I've never seen any others. The only other place I've seen Loyal Subjects turtles figures, aside from like collector stores, is uh GameStop has them by me. That's where I just got Bebop from GameStop recently. They they carry them a lot, so uh that's a weird spot to find them. But I never have seen them at Walmart. Walmart, when I go to Walmart and look at the loyal subject section, it's really only Avatar the Last Airbender toys. No, that's like all I really all see. It's all anime properties and ones that I don't even really know, which means they have to be like pretty obscure, I would say. I mean, it's not like yeah. I'm super oh. deep into anime and manga other than what I'm into, but yeah, I, I don't out, even recognize uh, half the shit that's there. Watch out online. If you call Avatar anime, you're going to get those people like, it was made in America, actually. So technically, <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah. We, we, so, yeah, because I actually just talked about someone about that recently. I feel like that era of Nickelodeon with Avatar and even the 2012 TMNT show at the time, I feel like they really were pulling from a lot of anime during that area yeah. because I feel like that's kind of when, like, the anime boom really, really started to happen where it's like, okay, only super duper nerds aren't into this anymore. You know what I mean? So, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, even in the 2000s, if you were into anime, it was still pretty frowned upon at that time. You know what I mean? I remember when I was in high school, like 2002, 2003, 2004, I remember like anime was starting to blow up. It's like Toonami was getting big and everything, yeah. like on Cartoon Network, and Dragon Ball Z was huge. And then like they started getting like Gundam Wing and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, cowboy bebop and uh which is an awesome show but yeah it started becoming like uh, i had friends who were like diehard anime fans and uh they were getting really into it and like that scene was getting bigger mm -hmm. but they were still like 
the nerd kids, like the outcast kids in school, yeah. they were like the geeks, like, you know, anyone I knew was a geek. So it's like, but then, yeah, I think by like the late two thousands, anime started getting more mainstream and it started becoming yeah. like, everybody agreed it was cool. Everyone and their mother had seen Akira and like, it was just like, it became normal at that point, but there was already shows around like 2003, like Teen Titans was kind of pushing the anime stylization with like the way the characters would warp and stuff when they talk and all but yeah 2012 turtles definitely did a lot of that where the characters faces would warp and stuff and all that kind of like the temple pulse yeah 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 yeah, the vein the little sweat drop and all (laughs) all all those little weird things that they all just seem to do for some reason but Uh, I guess the last thing we touch on before we get back into the movie discussion is, yeah, NECA's doing Holothon again soon. I'm not happy about that. I honestly, I didn't like Holothon. Holothon sucked. <laughs> it was like, I went through like hundreds of dollars during Holothon. Like, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be Rex One. It's going to be Mona Lisa and Dirk Savage. It's going to be Lotus Blossom and Chakanara. What the hell's his name? Like, uh, Kabanara. I don't remember the hell his name. Dude, okay, is- so he's the only character whose name I can never remember, no matter how many times I see that episode, no matter how many times I read yeah. it before I try to say it. I always, it reminds me of Capybara, but I know it's not that. That's a, a giant rodent, but it's something like that. I can never remember his damn name it's something like chakahara hakachara hakachara all right something uh, like that I, i'm still probably off there's somebody going nuts listening to this right now i know they are i think it's chakahari actually okay i think we're getting closer we're getting closer we're probably not his name's probably john <laughs> we're like completely fucking off john <laughs> john the samurai ghost <laughs> But yeah, I, like they've already said that those figures were on the water like a month ago. So it's like they're they probably already have them all. They probably already have had them for a bit, and they're just waiting to roll them out. I think Donnie as the Invisible Man is going to be part of it. I think uh, probably Man Ray for the Archie line is going to be part of it. They did it last year. They put out like Jesus, so, like it was like thousands of dollars worth of turtle stuff alone, not not counting the gremlins and all the other stuff they did. So it's like if you actually bought all that and did all the pre-orders, including, you know, like Usagi, the neutrinos, the Crooked Ninja Turtle Gang, the Smash and Zack, uh, if you pre-order the the Party Wagon, the Secret of the Ooze Turtle, Secret of the Ooze Shredder, then got like the glow in the dark. Muckman, you got the uh, Mirage Fugitoid, you got, uh, they brought a lot of things back, like the Channel 6 News collection, Rat King and Vernon came back, they did Toka and Razar, who I never got from the Toon line, they did uh, Robotic Bebop and Rocksteady, who I somehow found, um, like, it was like thousands of dollars worth yep. of figures. That was and, like the uh, most expensive two-month run probably <laughs> yeah. ever in collecting for me. It was horrible. It's like, I don't want you to, I want like, January... Uh, we get Rex one February. We get Mona Lisa and uh, Dirk Savage. Like I, that's what I want. Like what, like one or two a month, maybe like, don't, don't not release stuff for seven months straight. And then just pour everything you have on a shelf out at once. Like it's just, it's, I hate to say it, but it's inconsiderate towards collectors. It's just like, Oh, you nerds have money. You can just pick it up. You're going to buy this shit anyway. Right. And it's like, Dude, I don't want to sell a kidney just to get a Mona Lisa toy. I mean, I might, but I don't want to do that. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like they just, they, I hate that, that format, that whole, cause also a lot of that stuff, like robotic bebop and rocksteady and token Razar, they didn't hang around after the holothon. If you didn't catch them during holothon, they were gone. Like they're just not yep. on shelves anymore. 
Yeah, same with the glow in the dark mutagen man and stuff. Or uh, muck man. I'm sorry, not mutagen man. So um, him, you could actually get online for quite some time. He still might be available oh, online, really? honestly. There's and a th- store that's the thing. Him. If you haven't checked out Target's website lately, they have a lot of their stuff available now. Like you can get Vernon Rat King online. You can get yeah. a ton of sets online. I was very surprised to see what's still actually up on there. Um, but okay, here's the best advice for Holothon and what I learned last year is that really just focus on the target exclusive tune stuff because everything else is going to go to other retailers like that Donnie you mentioned is going to go to retailers any of that the the Mirage or not the Mirage the um Archie stuff that'll go to other retailers like so I'm really only going to focus on trying to get as much of the tune stuff as I can and then later down the line I'll try to pick up everything else. I think the black and white Usagi is the one thing that's going there that I really, really, really want to. Um, oh, yeah, I haven't even heard of that. I didn't even know they were doing that. Oh, yeah. So they did a run on Stan Sakai um, on his website, did a run of signed ones and stuff like that. Um, oh, he had yeah. like a ton of different price points and different, like you could get one with like an actual, like the um, remark on it, like where he draw, like a little drawing on it and stuff. Cool. I thought you were yeah, going to say you get one cool. with an actual rabbit in it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So the regular standard edition black and white Usagi is going to be coming too. But like I said, that's going to be my goal. Sorry, guys. My cat's going nuts. Um, yeah. so That's just going to be my goal is try to just get all the tune figures I can get. And then I'll just hold off on anything else that I want, because th- that is the stuff that, like you said, once it's gone, it's gone. But the other thing that NECA has shown us is other than I think it's the April in Bash or slash foot soldier whatever one she came with in the casey and that other foot soldier those are the only two sets at this point that they pretty much haven't re-released so they have shown that even if it's a year later they will rerun figures you know what i mean yeah. like I, I, at this point i don't think NECA really wants to leave money on the table and i've said this before in other videos like when things are going for double their retail price on the aftermarket that doesn't do anything for the companies. You know what I mean? They see yeah. that and they're like, okay, if demand's this still high, we can probably do another run and they're going to move. If people are willing, this many people are willing to pay double retail value. And I think NECA's really picked up on that lately. And, and again, I feel like they're figuring out their demand levels a lot better as well. And they're at least meeting production, if not see, exceeding it on some figures. I think uh, the only one that is not coming back is we are not getting that April and foot soldier two pack because they have yeah. announced they are redesigning April. They're yep. making a new April. And I think that's good because that first April was abysmal. She didn't have a neck. She was like a bobble well, She head. just looks like a little kid, I feel like. Yeah. like. That's just the thing to me is she doesn't look like, I mean, again, as far as cartoon characters go, April was like a tall glass of water. You know what I mean? Like she was April, like big. And, built. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she, she wasn't she wasn't a dainty chick you know what i mean so i feel like that's what i want is just i mean and again i don't need her to be like ridiculous porno version april either you know what i mean but like she should at least look like an adult woman and not a 12 year old child i feel like i think that's honestly i'm kind of that's one of the things i don't like so anyone who watches my channel knows i've said like a bunch of times growing up i had a huge crush on mona lisa i'm definitely gonna buy a mona lisa figure i've been asking for for years because you know a childhood car. I was gonna say, actually, like, always yeah, gonna have don't show your brother though. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the thing is, after all these years of her being my most asked for character, I hate to say it, but from the pictures, her figure looks pretty shit. <laughs> um, like it just seems like she has the same problems April had, like really big fat head, shoulders so scrawny that like they're not even as wide as her own head. 
and then just like pipe cleaner arms and like you know mona lisa wasn't like plus size or anything but she wasn't like scrawny either like she had she had some meat on her like oh yeah she, I mean, was, she was like put together pretty well for sure like yeah said, and that 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 i feel like is kind of the issue with that april too is it is her, her shoulders are just very tiny compared yeah, to her head proportion as well and, <laughs> and like the neutrinos are like that but that's kind of how they are designed i feel like they did yeah. have big noggins for their body it seems like they did they were little keebler elves so it's right? like who cares <laughs> and i know mona lisa was short she was like as short as raf and the turtles are short but for the figure they made april like as short as the turtles and yeah. the, the turtles were like eye level with her freaking boobs in the yeah exactly like, and that's again why i want like adult tall woman april and not yeah. little munchkin kid april i think because early on in the line they weren't doing the sizes as well like now they're really good at getting the heights right yeah. but early on bebop and rocksteady they're not that much taller than like casey jones and they don't have to be because i mean the cartoon everyone's so amorphous there's shots where bebop and rocksteady are shorter than the turtles yeah they, they really the got out of control with their size <laughs> towards the end but i when i think of them i think of that first season where he i can't remember if it's bebop or rocksteady literally palms two of the turtles by the shells yeah. and picks them up you know what i mean like that's how i envision those guys yeah i mean that's how the vintage toys were they were big dudes and like the turtles were shorter than them and uh, in the original one, the, the NECA figures, they weren't that big at first. And immediately then they made Leatherhead, and Leatherhead was humongous. Casey Jones, they, I think they don't want April to be as tall as Casey because they want Casey to be bigger. Yeah. But the thing is, they don't want Casey to be as big as the mutants. So th they have this weird balance there with the human characters of like, well, April has to be shorter than Casey, and Casey has to be shorter than the mutants. So now April's just like, four feet tall and it's just yeah. weird it's like she has to be taller than the turtles like that's just the, the way it has always been so yeah. uh well unless it's the michael bay ones where like they're like five feet taller than her but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like they it just seems weird i'm hoping the new april will be you know she doesn't have to be as tall as casey but maybe like not that much shorter than him like i know it's a little weird you think casey should be taller than april but i mean the super seven ones are pretty good like he's taller than her but he's not that much taller than her so like we said yeah. like irma's short considerably shorter than april and she's still taller than the turtles so right april april's a tall girl she's she's, she's built you know <laughs> yes yeah, exactly i always pictured her about six foot tall like you said i would yeah. rather have her be closer to casey's height than the turtles height you know what i mean i would rather exactly, still have yeah. her be on the taller end because again, yeah. I, I I mean I feel like she was about the same height as like Vernon stuff like that, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Vernon was a tall dude. So yeah. Maybe Vernon might have been like slightly taller. I don't know. Like Vern was the shortest out of the yep. bunch, definitely. But uh she was tall. Yeah, she was a tall character. And I just I don't get the shoulders. I still don't get like she has yeah. like like you know, like 10-year-old girl shoulders, and it's just like not only does she should she have normal woman shoulders, but she also had that big baggy jumpsuit with the sleeves rolled up. So her shoulders should look even bigger, actually. So it's like, it's just so weird. She's this little stick figure with a big head, like in the <laughs> NECA figure. And Mona Lisa's kind of looking like the same thing. And it's like, I don't know. I, I just don't like how tiny and scrawny those figures are. The female figures are just so scrawny and twiggy. Uh, I just really wish they'd make them better, but... I, I, I feel like that's kind of a syndrome with a lot of lines. Like, I feel like the female yeah. characters are always the hardest to get right. And it just seems like they do just get the least amount of attention to, you know what I mean? And yeah, and for, for the record, I, I, 
again, it's not like April is the most exciting designed character, especially. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine like you're looking over some guy sculpting ground chuck and you got April, you know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. I, I can understand like the lack of motivation. I feel like that's exactly what it was with the horsemen, you know what I mean? Like they're doing all these awesome sculpts and corn boys just like fuck, I gotta do April, like <laughs> Yeah. It's it's not she's not the most fun one. Like you gotta make her as good as she can be. Yeah. And I feel like if you do, if you do a good job of making April, you know, fun and appealing, people will like her. Everyone loved her in Shredder's Revenge because they just made her fun and goofy and they embraced her her design and everything. So yeah. I, I will say Lotus Blossom looks pretty good. Uh from yeah, what I've seen. She looks like the best female figure in the line so far, I think. She looks which is weird because I wanted her, but at the same time, I always thought she had kind of a boring design in the cartoon, like a little lackluster. But she ended up being the best looking female figure in this line. <laughs> so it's, yeah. anyway, I think it's time to get back to the uh, the movies. Picking up kind of where we left off last time, we were talking about the first movie. And I think one of the things I was talking about is how when I went back and read the Mirage comics, how mind blowing it was that that's the source material that they drew from, because I had no clue until my early 30s, the first time I read Mirage. Crazy to see how they picked what they picked to put in and just how well it turned out. So if you've never read the Mirage books, the overarching arc of the movie is essentially the first comic. Like it pretty much, uh, it's the first comic is a very undetailed story of the first movie. All the rest of the books, one through 20, with the exceptions of there's a lot of like one-off random stories and yeah. stuff like that. That's kind of what makes up the scenes of the movies is like, the scene where Raph kind of goes off on his own, fights Casey and stuff like that, that's the Raph micro series, the one out of the one shot, the Raphael one shot. Like that's based off of that whole comic is that whole scene. And just seeing how all that stuff came to be, like, I don't know. It just, it, like I said, it just felt like my whole life kind of coming full circle at that moment, figuring out that that's where it all came from. Yeah, that was like even more like we were saying in the uh, 87 cartoon discussion that a lot of people don't realize that the Mirage comics were, even though they took themselves very seriously, they were a parody of superhero comics. F further proving that is when they did those one-off issues, they'd be like number one in a one issue mini series and stuff. Like they're, they're making fun of how complicated like comic books got. Right. But yeah. Cause yeah. Raph was the where he meets Casey. That's di directly lifted from that one off. And then the, the Leo one like that, the number one in a, you know, one issue miniseries that's what they turned into Raph getting jumped by all the the foot soldiers and you know crashing through april's apartment and everything so it, it's weird because the beginning of the first issue is essentially in the movie and the end of the first issue is essentially at the end of the movie but in between there's a bunch of stuff that happens later in the comics crammed into that story kind of to make like the ultimate turtles vintage story the ultimate like mirage story basically so that that's kind of a good way to put it that's exactly what that first movie is like outside because that's the first 20 issues are kind of what eastman and laird were most involved in and then after that they kind of were just more so overseeing it and a lot of other people were writing the book and drawing the book and stuff like that and they came back for that last arcs um the city at war arc from 50 to 61 or 62 i can't remember exactly how many issues are in it I think 61 yeah. um but yeah that's that's kind of what the movie is is like mirages or eastman and laird's greatest hits and yeah. that's why it surprised me that they they said they 
it still didn't really turn out the way they wanted it to. And I understand that because I mean, they're, it's their work. You know what I mean? They probably yeah. had a very specific vision for it, but I said this in the last episode, I think it's the best comic book adaption probably ever. Like it, other than those little changes, like you said, like in, so the scene he was talking about where Raph's up on the roof training and all the foot soldiers jump him and throw him in the, um, throw him through the roof. And he sits in the bathtub all the time when they're at the farm and stuff like that. Like that was Leonardo that it happened to in the comics. So there was little changes to it and stuff like that, but it still felt like exactly the same. It was just a different turtle. I think it worked better to turn it into Raph in the movie because it made more sense since Raph was so angsty, why he would go out on his own angry and get into trouble. And then it sets up the whole, story of like do we see how much leo actually cares about raph and everything when he's unconscious because you know the last thing he's afraid raph might be dead at that point and he's thinking like the last thing i ever said to him was i told him that you know no one needs him like who needs him get out of here and stuff so it's like you can tell like how like leo just feels terrible that like he thinks his brother is going to die thinking he hates him or something so i think it worked better to turn that into raf than uh leave it as leo in the movie also i think i don't think they wanted the leader to be out of commission for a portion of the movie probably too we touched on this before too like this is where the movie could do a lot more development than the comics could so 20 issues of comics that are 40 pages of pop you know what i mean that's a lot of storytelling but it still just doesn't do what a 90 minute movie can do, what you can convey. And that is just so much more than what you could do with the comics. And like yeah. you said, it, it fit that version better. Like it, that, I, I, yeah, I don't know how it would have worked if it was the other way around in that one, that scene does have a lot of heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you feel good when he wakes up and like, I just, I don't know. You feel that relief that Leonardo feels in that scene. The whole time they're at the farmhouse, which in, in the comics, it was Casey's farmhouse, but they changed mm-hmm. it to April's, which makes more sense. Like, I don't think Casey's the kind of guy to be owning a lot of real estate. This like psychopath on the streets beating up criminals. <laughs> I don't think he's like, own, he owns all kinds of real estate. That whole scene when the, like that whole, like that, those scenes where they're on the, the farm, everyone kind of, even though the color scheme is kind of like, it's almost at, it's always at sunset and it's kind of like, we almost feel like everyone's tired and we're tired with them. Like we went through everything they went through with them. And like, we feel like when, when April's like, you know, talking about going over, like reflecting on everything that's happened and she's doing the, the, the drawings and sketches and all, it's like, we feel like, Oh yeah, man, so much has happened. And this is like a little bit of downtime before like the crazy part of the movie happens and stuff. So it's like, I, I really like the, the farmhouse parts. I feel like that has some of the most like genuine emotion of the movie where it's like i know people will joke it's like okay it was a you know a toy commercial movie for kids but it's like no i think it's still an effectively emotional moment in the movie i think like you know like leo waiting for raf and then raf finally coming to out of his coma and you know mikey being so bitter and them have like you know having the talk with splinter at the fire and everything like i think it's there's a lot of genuine emotion there and even casey and april you know getting you know cutesy with each other is kind of heartwarming too but uh, like like in their own weird way but uh <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's it's nice it's like all these people have been like through a horrible thing together and they're just trying to pick up the pieces and like you know be a family and it's, it's, I, don't know, I think it's really heartwarming a lot of movies tend to lose me between the second and third acts like i feel yeah. like is it when you follow the hero's journey or whatever like that's where the falling action usually is and 
even that chunk of the movie, like you said, it's one of the most memorable chunks of the whole movie. And it's when they're most away from the status quo because they do a lot of character development in that one. You know what I mean? And it kind of helps that April speeds it up with the narration and stuff like that. And again, that's another issue of the comic. That one issue is just her telling all those stories, drawing the turtles and stuff like that. Thing that I think sets up what you just said is that right before that is probably one of the most intense scenes in the movie. And I don't know if I've already called something else my favorite scene or the best scene in the movie. I think I might have called the fight with Shredder, which, I mean, the climax is great. But, like, yeah. the scene when they're in April's um, second time around, the junk shop or whatever, yeah. in Tatsu and the foot soldiers show up, that is, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now. When that piano kicks in, like, oh my God, man, like the fire starts, Casey shows up. Like I get goosebumps every time I watch that scene. I'm covered in goosebumps right now just talking about it. Like it's such a good scene in the movie. And that really does like, because then fire is always stressful in general, you know what yeah. I mean? But like, you just feel like, oh my God, like they're going to burn alive here. Like they're not going to get out. And I mean, you're, as kids, you think that as adults, you know, they're yeah. gonna, like, the story goes on. <laughs> and even just when they're driving away, when April's looking out that back window, just watching it burn. Like, I mean, it is like, like I said, for a movie that was made to be a silly kids movie, like it has a lot of heart and a lot of feel in it. It does. Yeah. Yeah. That's honest. That's genuinely like, that's a big moment because you put yourself in April's shoes and you think like, okay, there's a no going back now. Like I don't have a normal life anymore. Like yep. this, like I'm committed to this. And uh, yeah. And it's just, it's already bad enough that like, all right, you first, you have ninja problems. Now you have the whole buildings falling apart problems. Now you have fire problems. Now you got called and got told you're fired. Like, it's just like, how much could go wrong in five minutes? It's like, it's, oh, and wraps in a coma. It's like, wow, everything just went from, you know, great to, to zero in like a few seconds. I guess not great. Splinter was already captured, but you know. Uh, hey, something I never thought about. How did they get Raph out of there? How do they get, did someone drag him out? Because they crawl through that like yeah. crawl space trap door, you know what I mean? Like, do they just shove them through and just push them along? I've never really thought about that before. They just pop them in a shell and roll them out. Like, oh man, <laughs> I have no idea. That's a good question. I-, I wonder, do they show like one of them carrying him or something? I don't. Remember. I can't think of it at all. Like, I feel like they're just laying there when Tatsu and Shredder or Tatsu and the Foot Soldiers show up, right? Yeah, I think. So. I think so. Yeah. Because then Casey Jones stays behind because Leo's like, you come in? He's the last one out, yeah, because he goes, I'll cover you up, but then he leaves two seconds later right behind (laughs) him, too. Yeah, which is kind of funny. It's like, you have, you know, three guys here who have literal armor on their bodies, and the human is covering them. (laughs) The human with a baseball bat is covering them. Also, there's 80 foot soldiers in there, too, and just one Casey. Like, how did they not just jump him? It makes no sense. They did a great job of establishing how badass Casey was in that scene. Because it's like, wow, this one dude with sports equipment can take out this whole army of ninjas. (laughs) So it's like, they really established, like, okay, Casey's badass. Like, Casey's on par with the turtles. Like, yeah, I don't know. Everything about that movie was just... It, like I said, it's so easy to just look at it now and be like, oh, it was a cheesy, you know, pizza commercial and toy commercial and stuff for kids. But like, no, a lot of you can tell a lot of love went into that. I think that's one of the things I like is I'm not saying I don't want to disrespect the Mirage comics because they're amazing and we wouldn't even have this, you know, this movie without the Mirage comics. But I do think 
they do add more personality and more emotion to all those situations than was even in the Mirage comics. Because like I've said, the first issue, it's a good issue, but it, it's so like just breakneck pace. And there's really not a lot of character. It's essentially four Batmans versus Ra's al Ghul is like basically what that first issue is. It's like they, they all talk like Batman and he's just in Shredder's is an evil ninja. They don't have as much personality as they do in the movie. The movie you care for them a lot more than you do in the comics, I think. Because, uh, you know, by the time you get to the one where Leo gets beat up and thrown into to April's apartment, they definitely you definitely care about them more, I think, by that point in the comics. They they, they establish them more as, like, people. In those early issues, the, the Turtles are just, like, we're just four Batman. <laughs> like, well, and the thing about that is, I mean, they never thought there was going to be an issue number two, you know what I mean? <laughs> they thought they were going to make these 3,000 comics and they were going to have some fun and that was going to be it. Like, they they did not see what was happening. So it's it's not like they even, like, were like, okay, we got this issue thought out. This is what's going to happen next. It was probably like, all right, we get to do one more issue. What are we going to do? All right. we get yeah. to, And then once they figured out, like, okay, this isn't a flash in the pan, you know what I mean? We just sold 100,000 copies on issue eight or whatever <laughs> it was, like, let let's see what we can really do with this and yeah like like again i know we keep retouching on things we touched before but i think it's important like it, it was the amalgamation of what made the cartoon great and what made the comic great coming together to make the movie again what i think is the best thing ever for turtles because yeah it, it, they do just need that character development like that that's that's the most important part of the movie that like you said is is superior to the comics is we get the individual personalities even though they're not the same as the cartoon they are slightly different but that that's what makes you care about these characters is like you have to feel like you know them like that's why again in the in the first issue of the comic there isn't time to get to know them to get to care about them it's just a fun action-packed romp from start to finish and that's it but again this movie it was a catalyst and what made the turtles so big because it made Again, we call it a kiddie, silly kids movie, but it got older people into it too. Like you don't just become the best selling indie movie of all time by being a kids movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there was a lot of crap kids movies just made to market <laughs> toys and, and food products back then. There's Mac and Me and all that garbage. It's like the, the, the Turtles movie was clearly a huge step above all of that. And like you said, that's because it had appeal for teenage audiences and even adults like adults i know like like adults being into kids franchises was much more frowned upon back then than it is now i think like if if an adult was a turtles fan back then they kept it secret they didn't tell people about it and they were probably seen as like a weird nerd or something like adults weren't supposed to like cartoons and stuff back then uh the simpsons kind of came out right that the year before and started to change that for, for the most part, it was like adults and cartoons do not go together. Whereas now like every adult freaking loves cartoons. Adults pilot buy more toys than kids do. So it's like, uh, it's changed a lot since then, but yeah, definitely some older audiences were getting into them because those movies did gangbusters. Well, at least the, the first one did gangbusters. Second one did gangbusters also, but yeah, highest grossing indie film of all time at that time. It, it beat Halloween. Like it beat like a lot of these huge movies that were previously the highest grossing indie films. So it definitely had to have a larger audience than, you know, kids going there after Burger King. Like it had to have yeah. been more people. Cause again, kids tickets were cheaper. So 
right? Uh, kids movies historically always make like have to get more sales to make as much as the uh, old, old, you know, adult movies because kids tickets are cheaper. So you look at like late eighties movies. Like I think the two biggest, most successful animated movies from when I was in the eighties were the land before time and the little mermaid. Those are probably the two biggest ones. If you look on the highest grossing list of animated films of all time, they're like little mermaids, like after like, it's like a hundred fortieth like highest grossing movie. It's so low on the list. And then land before time is like 400 or something. And it's like Land Before Time was like massive when I was a kid. It was everywhere. But it just shows that like not only how much inflation has changed stuff, but uh, even by the mid 90s, inflation made ticket prices so much higher. But also just that like kids tickets were so much cheaper. So like a a kids movie had to make a lot more, had to get a lot more sales than an adult movie to make money back then. And Turtles made a lot of freaking money. So right. I guess we we got to just touch on one thing because it's, it's one of the only times I can think of them actually doing it this way. But the foot soldiers being kids, they're not robots. They're not like, you know, top of the line assassins, you know, brought over on boat from Japan or anything. They're they're just reckless youths who Shredder just scoops up, takes advantage of their angst and everything. And it's just like, hey, I'll be like a cool father to you. I'll teach you how to kill people with ninja stars and steal TVs and do all kinds of crazy shit that that creates a much more interesting as an interesting dynamic we've never really had with the foot soldiers before where it humanizes them because usually the foot soldiers aren't humanized they're just whether they're humans or they're robots they're just bad guys so it's it's weird that that we got sympathetic foot soldiers in a way because you can think like what if that was my son like what if my son fell in with this crowd or something like that would be devastating and you got tatsu beating the crap out of them and like there's there's well what is that are the the, the smoking cigarettes what's the line like regular or menthol regular menthol <laughs> i always found it funny that they were playing narc in that scene it's like you're you're oh, teaching the game kids. right yeah they're teaching kids to be criminals but then you're playing the just say no game. That's like <laughs> anti-drugs. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know if like Barbara Bush was like, you got to have this game cabinet in this movie or something. Right, but, so the thing that makes that dynamic kind of even more funny. So like the turtles are teenagers in that movie. So they're at least fighting other teenagers, but Casey Jones is literally just beating the shit out of minors. You know what I mean? I never thought of that. You're right. Just beating the shit out of kids. Yeah, he's no better than Tatsu, really. I didn't think about that. Holy crap. Yeah, because I mean, it helps that they had the character Danny. So, like, it really helps us connect with, like, oh, wow, this is, like, really a thing that's happening. Like, I think making one of them an actual main character helps because even if you showed them as teenagers, they still just there's no connection you still just think of like oh they're just these over-the-top mtv stereotypes but like showing that danny is falling in with this that like april's boss's son could fall could end up in the foot clan kind of like it i don't want to say like it makes it more realistic because like i don't think i don't think this would ever actually happen but <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a little baby yeah but it brings up tones of like your kid could get in the gang or something so it's like uh I guess like it, it just makes it a bit more personal. I think it's a bit more relatable for the parents watching it. That's like, oh, this is a bad guy. He like imagine if he was corrupting my kid. Like imagine if my kid got involved in some criminal organization underground or something and manipulated like his teenage mind, told him all the things he wanted to hear to, you know, get him to do terrible things. So uh, 
I just think I don't have too much to really say about it. I just think I just always thought that was interesting because it's the only time we've ever seen that done with the the foot soldiers. But it's also the only time we've ever seen the foot soldiers as characters, basically, because aside from that, they're just they're just foot soldiers. They're just, you know, things there for the turtles to beat the crap out of. So and so I, I feel like like the Danny thing is a good point. Like he was definitely like supposed to be like your avatar kind of in the movie especially for like yeah. i feel like older kids you know what i mean because they probably could relate to that because i mean all teenagers hate their parents you know what i mean they all <laughs> want to be rebellious and go off and like I, I think that's why like the interaction between him and splinter is so important because like he he kind of you don't ever want to listen to your parents you know what i mean but like yeah. there's other older wiser people like coaches or whoever that you just kind of look at differently and you take advice from differently because they're not yeah your parents and i feel like that again that's just where that heart kind of comes back into play and i mean even with casey showing up and knocking tatsu with the golf club like and then you know family is this your family is that your family down there like <laughs> again like especially like and again i can't really speak for gen x because i'm not gen x but i mean that's kind of what that generation was kind of known for was being like very rebellious and like yeah. anti-authority and alternative and, yeah yeah so i Again, there's just a, a lot more thinking into that movie than you would think at first glance. You know what I mean? Yeah, even I mean that scene where he's talking to Splinter is another like very emotional scene, I think. And especially they they add the extra gut punch of him saying, "All fathers care about their sons," and then it goes straight to the turtles. You're like, "Oh, he's talking about the turtles!" Like yep. he's like because back then I know that's that's popular now. Like in the 2012 cartoon, they did it a lot, and in the Michael Bay movies, they did a lot where the turtles call uh splinter father they call him dad they treat him mm -hmm. like a, like he's part of their family but back then he was usually just sensei he wasn't really regarded as like a dad for them like he was a father figure but they, they didn't like formally like identify as a family whereas in the movie they kind of like started that where you know he says right there all fathers care about their sons and i think yeah. that's like and they don't even because they still refer to him as splinter in the movie too so like yeah it, it is kind of like that he's not really their father but spiritually like he is you know what i mean yeah. like again he raised them he took care of them and yes he's their sensei and that is their ultimate relationship but he is their father like yeah it's just oh god goosebumps just thinking about it man <laughs> it's, it's really beautiful sweet. story <laughs> but we can move on to one that's not quite as heartwarming starting with uh secret of the use here and it only goes yeah. downhill from there so not a lot of heart in this movie but it's a lot of fun and i don't care yeah. what anybody says like you can try to be like your fucking billy badass and it's not that great of a movie or whatever but everybody our age liked this movie when it's out man it was so much fun right from the intro scene to fucking vanilla ice like it's just nonstop fun. It's pretty much everything that kids to teenagers thought was cool in the, the early 90s, like in 1991. Like that's when, that's exactly like if you just wanted to show somebody like, oh, what, what were kids into in 1991? You just watch this movie. Just watch the whole thing. You got Vanilla Ice. Even just like at one point when he's making the little uh, – the professor's making the, the little like uh, – little formula he's using a glass with bart simpson bart simpson on it right <laughs> like it's just I like immediately noticed that i'm like oh the turtles like simpsons too they have a simpsons glass they're just like me yeah and then mikey i remember as a kid they're going into like the the lab and mike's like oh wow this place is like a video game i remember as a kid i'm like oh he plays video games also he mentioned right? them because back then nobody mentioned like nintendo and stuff it was like 
just something that kids did that parents hated and like hearing hearing mike like on a, a major motion picture mention video games like now like you know the aisle of mario toys in every store but back then that like blew my mind to hear him mention you know video games and then see him have a bart simpson glass and then vanilla ice was like it was it was everything everyone loved at that time it it, it was the movie we needed at that time it might not look like a good entry in the series to people now but at that time that was like the coolest freaking movie that a kid could get like that was exactly what we wanted it was because like i said once that one came out it was my favorite turtles movie back then clearly the first one's back to be my favorite far and away now but it, it was that's the one i mean i just i burnt that thing out man i would watch it over and over and over <laughs> and i feel like the first movie, like, if you looked at the Turtles, if you didn't know it was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you wouldn't really know they're teenagers, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, they could easily be acting like people in their early 20s, if not older, yeah, by the way that. they act. But in this one, I feel like they feel a little bit more teen, a little bit more immature. Like, when Raph's off by himself in the first one, I mean, like, he just seems like a 35-year-old New Yorker, you know what I mean? Like... But in this one, they're a little bit more immature. Like, they're just a little bit more fun and goofy. And, again, as a kid, like, that is more so what I wanted at the time because I, I was more about the fun. Like, again, even the first movie as a kid, like, it made me feel things as a child. You know what I mean? I, I felt yeah. that that one was just way more hardcore. Like, the Shredder was scary in that one. Like, yeah. when in the, treading back to what we were just talking about with Danny, like, when he comes up to him, when he, like, pulls the picture out of his pocket, like, I'm pissing my pants in that moment. You know what I mean? And this one, he just is kind of a little bit more of a clown. Like even when he's, even when he's at his most serious, like when he first shows up, our challenge, like he's a little intimidating there and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't know. He just doesn't even have like the same force that he did in the first one. Like everything is the vibe is just totally toned down all around in this movie. And I think that's why it was more, the one that I wanted to watch all the time because it was just easier to watch. And that's still how I feel about it now. That's why it's a good background movie because I don't have to be fully invested to where the first one like sucks me in because I get like into the story. Yeah, definitely for sure. I think there was a big focus in the second movie to, you know, downplay it. Don't make it as scary. Don't make it as emotional because yeah, Shredder, you know, they, they, they do the whole babies, like all that stuff. Like they, they make him goofier in the movie. And even when he does get scarier, Super Shredder, they they just they're like clean that up real quick, like get it out of here. Right. Razar and Toka, they could have been freaking terrifying. Like I remember, my my older brother said he had a nightmare where they were eating him, like the night after he saw the movie. <laughs> okay, but, so the one part about that movie that is kind of scary and it always scared me as a kid is when they do get let loose in the city and they're just tearing oh, it up. And because I mean, I don't know why that like. I was just afraid that was going to happen to me one day. I thought I was afraid I was just going to be walking around. There was going to be some mutants and I was just going to be trapped in my car and they were going to come for me. So that part did scare me a little bit as a kid. That's the, the only part, time I saw those guys really as intimidating. The part that scared me actually, because it broke the mood, was they're eating the donuts and then Razar just crumbles the donut and reveals the yep. chip right away and looks at them. That was like, as a kid, I'm like, oh shit. Like, okay, so that's probably like the best you get out of their animatronic faces, probably. Like, yeah. his, he does just look like in that moment, like, you just fucked up, turtle. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you die now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, maybe those guys, maybe they are a little bit better villains than I give them credit for. I don't know. They, they guess. The more I think about it, they are a little bit better. They're not just babies. Yeah. I think that they made them babies 
because they were like, these suits are terrifying. If, if we just make them like scary monsters and that's it, this movie's going to be just as like, you know, dark and creepy as the first one. So like, I think they were, cause I have a theory. So it seems like they actually were originally going to make this more of the Mirage stuff. They didn't cover in the first issue, uh, the first movie, but at some point, new line or someone like some higher up, like just had to say like, no, we got to make this more like fun and kid friendly and just hip and cool and funny and stuff because the, the professor had to be Baxter Stockman at some point in the script early on. Like he had to be. So he was actually supposed to be an Utram. Oh shit. Really? I heard they actually filmed a scene where he opens up his coat and there's a little freaking Utram inside him. Oh my God. I, I want to see that scene. Yeah. I heard that's originally what they, that was the plan for him. Oh my God. That, that would have been wild. Okay. So that changed. Cause I feel like look wise, he looks just like Baxter from the cartoon. Like obviously not comic Baxter. He's not black, but uh, yeah. the cartoon Baxter, he looks almost just like him. Like white lab coat, bow tie, yep. glasses, messy hair. Yeah, if he was an Utram, that'd be that would have been crazy. If I think they originally, like, I'm pretty sure they filmed this to where they could cut it a lot of different ways. And I think that's one route they're thinking about going. But like you said, I bet when Toka and Razar were designed, they probably were supposed to be like super scary villains and stuff like that. Yeah. And then once they started getting the feedback and they're like, okay, the first movie, parents thought it was too violent. Parents thought it was too scary. They thought it was too much i mean weapons and stuff like that and that's why all that stuff got cut out so that would make a lot of sense to why they're just like okay we'll make them babies and then they're not quite as scary anymore and their, their voices toka's voice just always makes me laugh rah, 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 rah. like he just sounds <laughs> ridiculous like they i think his eyebrows are real goofy like the way he, like, the expressions he makes are like funny right. sometimes like like almost cute in a weird way uh, they definitely like tone them down a lot but talking about uh, toka and razar you can't talk about this movie without talking about the elephant in the room, or I guess the rhinoceros and the warthog in the room. There has been so many quote unquote definitive explanations as to why it's Razar and Toka and not Bebop and Rocksteady. And everyone claims to be the definitive one, even though they, they contradict each other. So some people have to be wrong. First, the common thing was it was a licensing thing that the Fred Wolf cartoon owned them or playmates owned them or whatever, and they didn't want to give them to the movie. The second one is that Eastman and Laird didn't like Bebop and Rocksteady and didn't want them going towards the cartoon. They wanted them to stay more close to like the Mirage comics or something that would happen in the Mirage comics. My theory was always that Bebop and Rocksteady just weren't going to work. Like they would have been too expensive to make these crazy long rhinoceros and warthog heads actually emote and talk and like, because we're also on Toka talk, but not really. They're just like mama and stuff. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't really like say sentences and stuff or like Bebop and Rocksteady would have to actually be like characters who can like, emote and like respond to each other and crack jokes and stuff. So it's like, I, I think they just, they thought we aren't there with Bebop and Rocksteady, which again, we talked about it last week, but watching Jim Henson's dinosaurs, it's like, actually you were there, but <laughs> regardless, uh, I, that's what I always thought is that they just couldn't do Bebop and Rocksteady. So they're like, let's just make characters who are just mindless monsters. Cause if we turn Bebop and Rocksteady into mindless monsters, fans of the cartoon will be mad because they'll be like, those aren't the characters we love. So that was always, that's always been my theory 
maybe it's a little bit of all three, but it's just, I don't know exactly what the reason is. It might've just been that new line thought Bebop and Rocksteady were stupid. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but it just seems like there's so many conflicting like explanations as to why Bebop and Rocksteady aren't in there. Cause all of us kids wanted Bebop and Rocksteady at the time. So I, I've heard both those versions and both of them would make sense to me. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, there's no characters in the movie that aren't original characters or from the Mirage comics up to that point. There is nothing that was just created for the Fred Wolf cartoon that got put into that movie. So that would make sense. And then also I do know Eastman and Laird were on record saying they did not like Bebop and Rocksteady, (laughs) that they thought they were goofy. They thought, because again, that's why they didn't, that's why they had problems with the cartoon in general and stuff like that. And they didn't want that much of an influence on the movie because they were still really pushing the comic at the time, but the cartoon was just taking off. And I mean, it was, that's where, that's what was putting dinner on the table for them. You know what I mean? Like that was just, they were just making money hand over fist. And I'm pretty sure they were involved, not to the same degree as they were in the first one. They still had input on it in, I know by the third one, they just pretty much washed their hands of it and didn't really have anything to do with it at that point. So I really don't know which version makes the most sense to me because it all does. And again, what you said too, just not being able to get those suits and stuff like that to work the way they wanted to. And because even because like, okay, so Bebop and Rocksteady, like they're wearing a lot of clothes and have a lot of gear and stuff like that too. So even just like outfitting those along with everything you would need to do to be able to get them to move with those clothes on to wear Toka and Razar, Toka's essentially naked, and Razar has, I mean, just very loose-hanging armor on him and stuff like yeah, that. So cloth. I, I bet it would be a lot of... I could see it being kind of a combination, or not even a combination, but any of those three versions would make sense to me. You know what I gotta think, though, which is weird, is just like, if you got like a re- like really buff dudes, just like wrestlers or something, from the waist down, they didn't have to be wearing any suit. They could just be wearing pants and boots. Because people have done rocks that he just wear pants and boots. So, like, they're completely covered down there. I almost wonder, like, Bebop, you could have just gotten, like, a big-ass guy, put an animatronic warthog head on him and, like, blended it into the body a bit. And then just did minimal, like, makeup and stuff on the body to make him look like a warthog. Like, you, they might not have even had to have gone for, uh, for like, fully-blown animatronic suits, actually. For Rocksteady, maybe. I don't know, but... Well, because I feel like to put them in proportion with the turtles, because the turtles were short, but they were still pretty beefy. I mean, because it was a human inside there. And I mean, I'm sure those suits were tight, but I mean, the turtles were pretty piped out in those movies. Yeah. I mean, they were short guys inside. Ernie Reyes Jr., who plays Keanu. He was one of the turtles in the first movie. So it's like, uh, yeah, he's a small guy, especially back then. He was like, what the hell was he like? like 15 or something back right. then like, they're probably violating some child labor laws putting him in that suit but uh I, yeah i guess you might you might need an animatronic because you you would want bebop and rocksteady to be big like big dudes so yeah i don't know it, I, again though dinosaurs like dinosaurs they were all big you know they had human caveman characters on the show because they were like the, the animals and the dinosaurs were like the people and you would see those suits were so much bigger than the people. So I think like they could have done Bebop and Rocksteady. I don't know. Maybe it is just a case of like Eastman and Laird said no or something. Or I, I know I think Kevin Eastman's come around to Bebop and Rocksteady. I think he likes them now. I mean, he's kind of he, come full circle on everything, though. You know what I yeah. mean? Like for a while, he really like because again, he pretty much 
he sold his share of turtles. He pretty much had yeah. his hands washed of turtles. And again, once I feel like he realized it was just something that was never going to go away, like it was just lifelong fandoms, like now he leans into it as hard as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, again, I get that because like, so if you've ever seen like any of like the biography stuff on those guys, like they're yeah, like yeah. 10 years apart in age. They're very different ages. You know what I mean? And yeah. Peter Laird was like established. He was married. Like he like yeah, it was, was much already older, settled yeah. down where he's been like, he was a young artist. You know what I mean? He was probably just wanted to live that life that a lot of dudes <laughs> want to live in their mid twenties where they're just partying and having a good time. And again, yeah. as an artist, I'm sure he didn't want to feel like just stifled by being a turtles creator either. You know what I mean? I'm sure he wanted to try new things as most artists do. You know what I mean? A lot of artists do get bored of doing the same thing. Speaking yeah. from somebody who's not artistic at all, I'm just assuming <laughs> that's how you guys feel. No, um, we do. I mean, I haven't even finished my game, and I'm so bored of, of animating. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> animating the same kinds of characters over and over again. But, uh, yeah. And again, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with me. Like, I mean, I've always loved Turtles, but I mean, in my mid-20s, like, I was a casual fan, essentially. You know what I mean? Like, I still yeah. love Turtles. I still had turtle paraphernalia in my room. My cardboard cutouts have been in every room or every apartment <laughs> I've ever had in my life. But, like, I, I wasn't diehard about it in my 20s. It wasn't until I got in my 30s and I kind of just really fell back in love with them. So I get that. And again, I understand that they didn't really like the direction the movies and stuff like that were going. And it's probably a good way to segue into the third movie <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. how no one really liked the direction of that movie. But like I said, it's another one Thank that you. I think is just exactly. I think it's fun. Like, I, I again, I. I don't find it nearly as fun as Secret of the U. It's not even in the ballpark. It is by far, far and away, the third best of the original trilogy. Like, I don't think there's anybody that would argue it outside the three spot ever. But it, it's still just, it's fun and it's silly. And it's a movie that I still like to put on in the background. Like, I mean, the storyline is just bananas. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it it's just so far removed from what they were doing in the first two movies. And I don't know. I feel like they could have just kept it a little bit more in the status quo, but at the same time, I kind of like some of the stuff that happens in feudal Japan. Like I feel like it does make for some fun storytelling. Like you said, with the relationships between the characters in that world and stuff like that, like that is some of the best stuff from the movie. I guess I think the human element of, of it is at its best, but that's the problem is I think I look at that movie. I'm like, this works. This works as a kid's action movie comedy, but it doesn't need Ninja Turtles to be a good kids action comedy movie. The, the Ninja Turtles feel like they were just plucked out of one movie and put in this one. And I, I said that in uh, my video review for it as well, that people say this all the time now about movies that like, oh, it probably was just a script they had laying around and they slapped an IP on it and made it eventually. But I really think this movie was a generic like script they had laying around just like, Something like a kid in King's Ar King Arthur's Court or something where it's like, oh, some hip, cool 90s kid or teenager or like a group of them travel back in time and they have to bring the radicalness of the 90s to the <laughs> past to save them from these lamos and stuff. And it's like, that's what the movie feels like. Like I could picture just like Jonathan Taylor Thomas or something being the main character and like <laughs> not the Turtles. And uh, it just feels like the turtles were just plucked in there because they're like, turtles is big. We had one two years back to back, and now we didn't have one. We need a turtles movie. Uh, quick, just grab the, the closest script. This one's about Japan. They're ninjas, sure, whatever. And they just threw them in it, and 
this is what we got. And it just seems that they didn't change that much about the original script. They just put the turtles in and made the, the characters called the monsters. And that was it. And it's like, aside from that, it doesn't feel like it needs to be a Ninja Turtle movie. And so little of the continuity of the last movies is mentioned in the movie or like acknowledged or anything. It just seems like you got four Michelangelo's now, basically. And uh, actually Michelangelo is the only one being depressed in the movie and everyone else right. is Michelangelo. <laughs> like even Leo, he doesn't really do any like noble leader things. He's just kind of another goofball, just like the rest of them. And I mean, he uh, might crack more jokes than anybody. I feel like in that one, <laughs> Donnie might still have the most jokes. Okay. Yep. Yep. You're right. Yeah. I'll help him a turtle and I can't get up and all that. And, I, mean, and I think they, that's just because they got what's his face. Why can't I think of his Corey name? Feldman was Corey Feldman back. back. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, all right, dude, we got you again. You're fresh out of rehab. Let's give you as many lines as possible. Yeah. And the thing is that by that point, Corey Feldman wasn't a big deal anymore. Like when they got him in the first movie, he was fresh off Lost Boys and the Burbs right. and License to Drive and all these movies that like were these big hits. And in, I mean, 93, no one, everyone wanted Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Nobody wanted Corey Feldman anymore. Yeah, Turtles 3, like I said, I think as a kid's action adventure comedy movie, I don't think it's bad. But as a Turtles movie, let alone the third Turtles movie in such a strong series, it's a piece of garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just, it's not worthy. If, if it wasn't the Turtles, exactly. It would never be a movie that I ever would have watched ever again. It is 100% <laughs> the Turtles. It is 100% the memories I have for my sixth birthday. Because like you said, there's no connection to the other two movies whatsoever other than Casey showing up. I feel like that's it because April feels totally different. Like Splinter feels totally different. Like they're yeah. still in the same subway station, but it feels even more bright and less dingy. To yeah. Extent, you know what I mean? Like it feels it's like a TV set. Exactly. And yeah, like again, I, I'm not so blinded by the nostalgia that I, I know objectively <laughs> it's a terrible movie. I get it. But again, it's turtles and that, that it's just fun <laughs> to me. It, it is the nostalgia. That's what sucks me in. Like, that's really what just the thesis for all this is. It's just, it's the nostalgia. It's why I keep buying the same action figures over and over. It's why I keep watching the same movies over and over. Like it yeah. is just that powerful of a property me property to me to where I can overlook all of its weaknesses to appreciate the strengths about it. And there as much as you know, I've ripped on Turtles 3 and gone over my horror story of the first time I saw it and everything. <laughs> There is a lot of nostalgia for that movie still for me too. And I do like it for those reasons. Like when I was doing my, my ranking of all the turtles movies on my, my YouTube channel at first, like I said, I mentioned it, I think in the, the video for, for turtles three is like originally when I made my order before, uh, cause I rewatched some of the movies before doing those videos before I rewatched them. I just put together a list of the order. I put TMNT 2006 below turtles three just because I'm so nostalgic for Turtles 3. I'm like, oh yeah, it's better. Then I rewatched them. I'm like, dude, no, in no universe is Turtles 3 a better movie than Turtles 2006, like 2007, whatever year it was. It's like, like it's a way worse movie in every way. Yeah, it's 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 not, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie because that was pretty common fare for kids live action movies in the 90s. There was a lot of them on par with or worse than Turtles 3. Well, I and, mean, like, uh, let's think about what started coming out of that time. Three ninjas, surf three ninjas, ninjas. surf like, ninjas. <laughs> like, 
all these cheesy ninja movies, you know what I mean? And again, yeah. I've talked about this in my comment section with many people. Like, I'm probably gonna have a shitty ninja movie marathon here coming up soon where I'm not gonna I haven't seen the original three ninjas in forever or surf ninjas. Like, I have to give them a spin here soon. Like, but that's the thing, ninjas just could not fail. Like, even yeah. G.I. Joe, my favorite subline of G.I. Joe was Ninja Force. Like, I just could not get enough ninjas in the early 90s. Yeah. And, Again, if you slap Ninja on it, I was going to watch it at the time. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite, uh, next to Mario, my second favorite video game series was Ninja Gaiden. Because It's not too hard for me as a kid. I, I, <laughs> even as an adult, I tried picking up. I'm like, why is this game so hard? I'm bad at games. I don't I don't brag to be like, especially in this day and age where like every 11-year-old is a pro gamer. Like, I do not claim to be good at all at games. But Ninja Gaiden... I can beat that game anytime I want. That I just know that game. Ninja Gaiden 2 and 3, I can beat them, but they take more work. Ninja Gaiden 1, I know that, like, you know, the back of my hand. Castlevania, that's a hard one. I can beat anytime. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, <laughs> most games, I'm freaking terrible at them. And even then, I'm not as good as, like, these speedrunners and these crazy guys who can, like, you know, they know every square inch of the game and stuff. But, um, but yeah, ninjas were just big. I've seen Surf Ninjas uh in recent years i had to just like i i think i just stopped watching i just went on my phone and started it was just like you, you can only take so much rob schneider before like <laughs> you just check out i mean at least you have leslie nielsen there it's not his best but you know he, at least he makes it manageable and ernie race juniors in it also but uh right because that's the thing because when i sort of saw that movie at the time i didn't know who rob schneider was you know what i mean <laughs> so that's why i'm excited to go back and watch it after seeing years of rob schneider <laughs> Because I feel like it's going to seem even more ridiculous to me now than it did when I was a kid. Now that you've seen the animal, now you... right? <laughs> so Rob Schneider's supposed to be fifteen in that movie. He was like already in his. He was already over thirty in that movie. I, was say. I don't know why they thought he would pass as a fifteen-year-old, but anyway. But yeah, Three Ninjas would be a trip. I haven't watched Three Ninjas since like nineteen ninety-three, probably. It's been a while. It's been a long time since I've seen those movies. I, w- I would love to revisit that, but and they made a ton of. I didn't watch like Three Ninjas Kick Back and like the Kick Back was pretty good. Knuckle up, nothing. And then I remember the the one with the Hulk Hogan, Hogan, the high the Hogan one. Yeah, I I remember even renting that one as a kid, and I was like, I even don't think this one's good. <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember Kick Back. I don't think I watched any of the other ones, but you know, I've I've since then seen a lot about the whole Hogan. It's become pretty infamous since yeah. then. It's like considered one of the worst movies of all time by a lot of people. That had what, what was her name? The the woman from what, what was that sitcom uh about the radio station? I can't remember. She was in there. She was the bad oh, guy. Uh, Joe Rogan? No. Oh. <laughs> oh maybe I don't know. Uh Talk ra- or news radio? No, 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 no. This is one from like the 70s. Oh. Uh, radio station that I would something know. Cincinnati. I don't remember what it is, uh, but she was like she was like the, the bombshell in that show, and then she was like the villain in the Three Ninjas. She was the mom in uh, Night of the Roxbury and shit. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, go, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like go, go compliment your mom's new chin. She just got a right? new chin today. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna way off topic. Yeah, Turtles Three. I still wouldn't, yeah, I still say I still have nostalgia for it. So even though I still think it's not a very good movie, and admittedly, I still create excuses for it. Because like I said, like when I'm ranking movies, I'll still put it higher than it deserves to be just because I'm still like, 
well, it's turtles and it's from my childhood and I owned the toys of the samurai turtles and stuff. And it's like, it still, it gets you cause it's turtles. It still has that, that nostalgia for it. So yeah. And, and at the end of the day, that's all it is for me too. Like I'll fully admit it. I know it's not a great movie guys. I know it's not, <laughs> but it just, it means something to me. It's special. And again, like ninjas could just do no wrong for me. Like I just, I don't know. It was a great part of the nineties. If you weren't there, you don't really, you can't really grasp it, but just everything ninja was rad. And just just to set the record straight, uh, there's never a part in Blue Hawaii with Elvis where he puts a fucking lampshade on his head. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why Michelangelo and Splinter throw a lampshade on their head and say just like Elvis in Blue Hawaii. <laughs> oh. there, there's just jokes in that movie I don't get, like the Adams family one and stuff. Like I just like there's no punchline. They just say a thing and it's like why is that funny? There, there's some funny ones, you know. There are some good ones in there, but then even like Wet Willie time. What's that about? I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> wet Woodham. It's Wet Willie. I'm Willy pretty time. sure that's how I learned how to do a Wet Willie. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's where I learned it. I so I didn't remember that one from when I was a kid. That was when I saw it again as an adult. I'm like, oh, what's up with all the Wet Willie things? Because I remember at some point when I was in high school, I acknowledged the expression wet willy. I was thinking like, this must be the dirtiest fucking thing ever. Like a wet willy. Must be really <laughs> dirty. And then I'm like, Oh no, never mind. You just, you lick your finger, you stick it in someone's ear. Yep. But, um, yeah. Like why was that the turtles? Like, like trademark gag in that movie. Like that was just like, well, it, was in the commercial. it was in the commercial. That's why <laughs> every, all the commercial was, was just all like Donatella's shitty jokes. Yep. And then like that, and then you watch the movie and it's just, you're waiting for all those shitty jokes and everything in between is just boring. <laughs> I, and again, I think that's exactly what you said before with the Adams family joke. I feel like half the jokes were made just for the trailer, like just to make a snappy trailer like that. Yeah, I think so. And it's like, it's such like of the time humor that like Adam's family values was probably being promoted at the same time. Yep. So like, at, like in that month of that year, that seemed like a really funny joke, but it, it had no life beyond that. No, nope. <laughs> It's just weird. Now you watch it. Now you're like, oh, what was that about? <laughs> you know, they had, they had some, they had some that worked. Uh, I do have one random closing thought for, and I guess not thought, but an Easter egg that I was going to touch on in the first movie. Did you know that Eastman and Laird are in the first movie? I, I, I think I could be wrong. I'm going to guess they were in the deleted scene at the end. I believe there's like a scene where they're signing off like movie rights or comic rights or something. Oh, so that's the that is a deleted scene. Yeah, where it's Danny and April are trying to sell the comic rights. Yeah, to somebody and the turtles are like outside in the windows and everything. Yep. But where are yeah. they actually in the movie? So the dump truck that Casey murders Shredder with. Yeah. They're the drivers that get out. Oh shit! There. That's Eastman and Laird. Oh, that's so cool. I know yep. East. I know Eastman's the pizza delivery guy in the second Michael Bay movie. Uh, the, the turtles like swing by and grab yep. like a pizza from him. He's not even watching. He's like, on his phone. But uh, that that's crazy. I didn't know they were in the movie. That's awesome. Yep. So now I, 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 I slow down and just make sure I catch it every time because <laughs> it's very, very, very brief. But Eastman yeah. just has the best oh shit look on his face, like. <laughs> Yeah, and it's back when he had like the perm and the mustache and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. I never knew. I learned something new about that movie even today. So now the next time I watch it, I'm going to look for that. I'm going to have to like, blow your mind, man. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I guess we did it. I guess we, 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 we finally covered the three movies. 
it took two podcasts. Two but. podcasts, yeah. And again, I feel like that's kind of should be what we do from now on. Because both the first two episodes, were, I feel like we just keep cutting ourselves off. I'm like, we have so much more to say. So I feel like if we get to the point where we're just rolling with it and we feel like we can just pick back up, that should be the way to go from now on. Yeah, it should. We just do whatever we feel. And exactly. uh, next and time we're going to be like, talking about... You know, our news section isn't really truly news. It's kind of just <laughs> laughing about recent events and stuff like yeah. that. So shitting on playmates. Right. Uh, yeah, next time we'll be talking about the games for the first time. We're going to talk about Shredder's Revenge and the Cowabunga Collection and stuff. I guess inevitably we're going to end up talking about all the games, uh, especially with the Cowabunga Collection. Right. That, that's basically all the games. So. Yep. <laughs> Another great time talking about these movies again. Another great, another great turtle convo for the records. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Always a blast. I think that's all we got for you guys. Yep. Have a good one, guys. All right. Peace. Peace.